0: This is Halt the Harm podcast. I'm your host Ryan Clover, and on this episode, I'm talking with Travis London. Travis London shares his story of taking leadership on environmental issues in his community in Donaldsonville, Louisiana. We talk about networking, movement building, and learn a bit about his experience fighting the Bayou Bridge pipeline, which would connect oil from the back and fields with refineries on the Gulf Coast. Travis wants us all to know and remember the power of people, when we connect with each other to defend our communities. He says that we're the ones who give power to the president, to governments, agencies, to industry, so when people join together and organize, we can win victories. I'm excited to have today on the show, Travis London. Travis and I have gotten to work together a bit through Health to Harm. Welcome, and uh, great to have you on the show. Uh, Thank you for having me on the show. How do you like to describe your work?
1: Well, my town—they kind of label me as a a human activist in a way, and uh, some just uh, call me a water protector. Like the 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 stuff I do is that I help out with mostly mainly networking, and with networking, what I do is I have like a nonprofit organization I'm supposed to be starting next year called Be Everything LLC, and I have my computer business. Called Find By Me Computers, which I uh, fix computers. I also do research and I also do academic tutoring through technology. So that also be going to be debuting next year too uh, as well. So I'm mm-hmm. um, a part of the Louisiana Economic Development Program. They are uh, Lord small businesses and trying to help us out with the pipeline fight. Uh, another thing too is that I'm involved with uh, the Free Baton Rouge um, Medical Clinic that serves low income families in Baton Rouge. Um they also, you know, I get like information from them to help me like understand like how was the uh, effects of chemicals on the human body or 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 different like medical analysis like kidney on failure or something like that. Like what the root cause of all that stuff. Like on uh, currently um my time got like kidney problems um and it due to diabetes. And the reason why, like the diabetes, was so horrible, and um, well, we've been affecting people with diabetes in my time horribly on their body is because of the high concentration of chlorine oxide in our water system. And it was three times the count of um of the United States count. So right now, I'm doing like a statistic and letting people know about that. And um, you know, that due to like, you know, you know, illegal like. Chemical amount of treatment in the water system and stuff like that. So there's a lot of things that um that contaminate our water system that need to be looked at. So I put you with the uh, Bayou Fresh Water District in uh, our uh, area with that. So that brings more on um, people to help you know network with the Brightbridge pipeline fight. And then I also organize with other fights across the United States to help you know help people collaborate with us with the pipeline fight and also with the Formosa plant they are uh, trying to come into Louisiana too as well. So it it's like a multitask. Sometimes I help help our lawyers and stuff like that. Sometimes the organizers, sometimes I I, I paint, you know, to do the like the you know, the um what they call it, the the advertisement for the for the pipeline fight. Sometimes I'm just like talking in conferences, it's a lot. I did do, do. Like, like do everything Like I said, I did do everything. Like, you know, like, yeah. wherever, wherever somebody needs something, like if a, if a major ball uh, figure couldn't be there or a major component can't be there, I'm like the filler, I'm like the, you could say that, the, the, oh, the marching chance in camp night or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're playing, playing a lot of roles. And like, what, so like, where did you grow up? Tell, tell us a little bit about your childhood and kind of what brought you to where you are today.
1: Uh, that, that's a good question, because, um, I just got put in a newspaper in my hometown not too long ago that talks about my childhood., um, my childhood, it started off my mama, um well, I'm gonna start from my grandmother. My grandmother. she um used to be in the community uh, heavily a lot, like volunteering with uh, the churches and stuff like that. My mama, she had uh, two of the largest Girl Scout troops in Louisiana at her time. And the sad thing about it was she had to uh, tell some girls again some other uh, girl scout troops because about liked it the way that she had ran her girl scout troops and stuff. And they did a lot of environmental projects, which all uh, led me to do like hmm. science projects, on uh, dealing with like um uh, the uh what do you call that, the uh how does, how plants get nutrients through the all uh, through the uh, through the um xylem and stuff like that. And I had to take a celery and cut it in half and stuff like that and. Yeah, and show how, like, with blue dye, how, the, how it travels and stuff like that. Well, I had, I had this projects like that and stuff and still won first place and stuff like that, so I used to be shocked at that sometimes because, you know, little kid, other kids used to have electrical own projects and stuff like that, and I I was, you know, I was shocked that, you know, people were still, like, you know, people still, you know, care about the environment like that, especially back in my day, and I had teachers that used to teach about the environment back in the days and stuff like that, but they don't really do that no more like they used to. 'cause how the um planes infiltrated the school system and stuff like that with, you know, trying to let people um try to tell people to work, you know, in the planes and stuff after they graduate from high school and so forth. But that's crazy. That's another story. But anyway, um I I had um did like a lot of volunteer I did a lot of volunteering when I was small with my mom, alongside my mama. Uh, I was part of like thirty different organizations in school. I was part of six different um uh, sports stuff. And I was, um, like, among, I was, I was hoo-hoo amongst America about, I think, like, seven times or something like that. So, like, I had, like, a marching test in childhood, and college was kind of the same way. I was an president, and uh, I played a little basketball. I was supposed to run track running time. I played, I actually was the first African-American uh, in, in Western State to play the French on, you know, in a marching band, and also played the trumpet. Wow. So That's I always was a multi <laughs> Huh? Nice. Yeah. And I was also I uh, went to uh, Camelot College and I was all uh, I uh, in I had I had started the first all uh, computer internship program with well with uh, somebody, you know, fixed the computers and stuff like that through, you know, through college and web design and stuff like that. So I was doing that also. Yeah.
0: It's interesting because you're doing so many different things. Like you've got the computer business, you've got your and and this is the first time I heard that you're a musician, and we've been working together for a few months. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of things going on. When did you first start to, you know, you bring up the pipeline fight, and we've talked about that a few different times. Can you tell us about when you first heard about that, uh, that issue, and, and, you know, for everybody tuning in, like, what's the, what is the pipeline fight that you're facing?
1: Okay, the vibrate pipeline fight. I was, um like, in 2017, I was, I was uh, dealing with an illness with my lungs and stuff, and I was in church, and I was asking the Lord uh, what he wanted me to do, you know, in place of, you know, trying to save my life and stuff. And a crazy thing happened. It was a lady, she only appeared at our church at, at one time, and uh, she was a, a politician in White Castle, Louisiana, which is one of the pipeline on uh, routes. And um she had told me they had something going on in St. James Parish and I need to look at it. She said, I know uh your morning the death of your cousin Midaberta Hastings that was a um thirty-five year activist in uh, in the well, gonna say in Louisiana, all across the United States. And um she I you know, she said, I know you uh, did some stuff in the past in St. James Parish with her. Uh we need you back in the environment to fight. So I had Wayne to a meeting. And you on know, mid July 2017, I told them I say I would love to come to a meeting, but I need somebody to watch my kids while I'm at the meeting because I probably got some information y'all might need. Cause I did some research, but they were like, "Well, we got daycare." I said, "Daycare? All a, a public meeting?" I said, "Oh, that's that's better." I said, "I never heard about that before. Said, that's a, that's a new thing." <laughs> so I had my kids there. <laughs> it was crazy. They had to let them play basketball, Phantom them pizza, and all that stuff. It was my first time I ever seeing something like that. But it was it was very all uh, instrumental because. Oh, that what got me in the pipeline fight. Cause having one been, but you know, we can couldn't find the um uh, center and stuff like that. It'd be hard for me to even be at that meeting. But oh, uh, they you know they offered the transportation to come get me, cause my car was all uh, broke at the time, and they also um uh, you know fed my kids and stuff like that. So that was real good, you know, while I was at while I was up there, you know, trying to do the meeting and stuff like that. So I gave them like the statistics on Sonoco and, and uh Phillips 66 pipeline. Uh, I had found out Kendall Morgan was, like, in the midst of that, but wasn't, like, a key figure in that, but was one of the contributors, you know, backdoor contributors. So I even had, like, information of them dating way back to 1982. And I found all the information on the Coastal Guard website page that wasn't even connected to the main Coastal website page. It was, like, some kind of backdoor software program thing that was online. So I'm stumbling on that and got my statistics from there.
0: So and very research you've been gathering and, and organizing your research for for years up till that point.
1: Yeah: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: So What motivated you to start gathering the research?
1: Oh, it's just like you know the, the thing with it is like a lot of people that being like fights and stuff, they uh, you know they, they say a lot of things and they have some truth behind it, but they never really have like you know any like proof like sometimes they don't have evidential proof of right. the things that go on so like you know some people be like oh you say this and that and all this other stuff Show me the proof Show me the proof you know so I'll be like well I got the proof you know <laughs> you know I love the research that that will got me like real passionate with helping out with the with the environmental fight too and then like just try to make sure like people's lives are saved too also so uh, you know I love, I love helping people and that's my personality, everybody knew me like that my whole life and everything, that how my family was, you know, well, still is, you know, so uh, I always, you know, like my cousin, Mary Haysen, she always cared about human um, life. So, you know, I, everything I learned for like, you know, multitasking, and stuff like that, with environmentalism or activism altogether, you know, she she taught me everything. I just learned that everything from her. And currently she um getting honored by Lean organization, in uh, Louisiana, could able to make a facility dedicated to the uh, the the uh, founding fathers of, of or what you want to call them of the uh, cancer alley, uh, cancer alley movement. The people yeah. that first started the fight against so.
0: So I love that you mentioned the daycare because I know that's something that a lot of um, organizers would think about, and you know not everybody thinks about it. But you're showing us that that really makes a difference that. Thinking about how we how we can create a space where people can come out, especially parents.
1: That's the hardest thing to get on um, to do to get parents out. Cause see me, I'm like you know I got four kids, you know. Yeah. And like that, you know, sometimes I gotta take, and that's not just with environmental fights. That like with other community activism stuff I do too. Cause I have a kid for like medical places, like, uh, even like with like, all. Uh, just like with well, politics, like trying to save a hospital and all that stuff recently, you know, um which we did win our tax on voting tax on thing, but it was, you know, it was hard to kind of be like, you know, be the father and like be a community activism. So sometimes I gotta I gotta take my kids on most of that stuff. And like, you yeah. know, some kind of weather condition's not good. Like one time was we advocating with the poor people campaign from the state capital. You know, we was under the umbrella, you know, but you know, I didn't have no umbrella. They had some people that gave us an umbrella to, uh, you know, to, to put my kids under. And then my kids, we already had ate lunch already, but they had made sure that my kids wasn't hungry, so they gave them snacks and stuff like that. And, you know, all kinds of stuff. But, they, you know, they went out the way that really made my kids feel accommodated. Nice. And that's the thing, like, you know, a lot of organizers on uh, is trying to get, like, parents to,
0: to come out. And to help the kids feel welcome, because, I mean, it also sounds like your part of your story was growing up in a family of service and activism, you know, knowing even as a kid that you were welcome in those spaces.
1: Yeah. My grandmother, like church functions and stuff like that. My grandmother dragged me along. <laughs> well, my mama definitely, when you were a girl scout, my mama even, you know, even though like my mama didn't have no babysitter. Oh, uh, my grandmother used to be ill at one time. And, um, my mama normally used to be like, well, if she's like resting and stuff like that around that time and she got to do Girl Scout stuff in the evening time, she'll let her rest in the house and stuff like that and have my own, one of my like, older cousins watch stuff while she'll go, you know, you know, take me with her to go to like Girl Scout meetings and stuff like that and all kind of other meetings she had to go do. So, you know, that, that had affected me. Like you know, as far as like getting me involved in community and, and influenced me and stuff like that. matter of fact, like recently I had won a prize at a, a business and expo competition, and that was like a superwoman um business expo. They had ran out of vendors and they uh, called me to be a, uh actually be a vendor at the uh event and stuff like that. And it was like a woman event and stuff like that. And I told her I didn't feel comfortable because my mom used to always try to drag me to. Girl Scout meetings and stuff like that. Even though I was in Boy Scout myself, you know, but um, me and Marty were talking about the you know Boy Scout times and stuff like that, which um, uh, I said my community don't have no more. But you know, like my mom even participated in that stuff too with me and everything. Cause my father was absent, you know. I he, he was um, with dead by the time I started really getting involved in community and stuff. So you know, she um. Like I say, she dragged me along a lot on community stuff and had me yeah. join a lot of community stuff. So that's what grew me into where I am to be. <laughs>
0: so when you started to get involved with the Pipeline Fight, could you tell us a little bit more about the Bayou Bridge and uh, what your experience has been so far organizing around that?
1: Man, it's like, it, 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 it's like saddening, like, because... The body break pipeline fight, you know, it started off in our favor because, like, we were actually gathering people. We actually had the lawyers in place. We actually were drawing in, like, you know, people that you probably wouldn't even think that would be helping us out, like even plant workers. Like, we even had plant workers help us organize. And matter of fact, like, um, uh, I was had to be. I probably think uh, I think around the beginning of the year, um. Uh, one of the plant workers had found out that they had another meeting about some other planes that were try to come into St. James Parish. They had tipped me off. I went there and, and called like the organizers, and we organized like one of the biggest courthouse settings, like sittings that like St. James Parish ever seen. Like it was packed. Like we didn't even have like room to sit. I had to actually stand up along the wall, and it was like one of the first meetings. I didn't even have to speak at because they had a lot of people for the community they all voicing their opinion that day. So it was real real um it was real really great. And I actually got that meeting featured in my um in my Downs in the Downsville Chiefs this week matter of fact in my hometown and local people. That same exact meeting I'm talking about. So like um you know we had like all the tools in place. But the sad thing about it is is that like, you know, it also exploit like how corrupt Louisiana is. Because the National uh, Resource Department, that despite that, we showed them pictures of how the air, or not how the air, but how the water had always seen during the time, like, you know, they were doing construction and stuff like that. Like, you know, we even went on, we were, we we were in risk, like, trying to get put in jail, you know, sneaking on property just to show, you know, them how they were damaging waterways. And, like, no fines were issued. Then uh we try to go through the court system through the court of appeals and, and like the, uh, local courts and like we have that like, one breakthrough case of putting an injunction like in uh, in certain places across Louisiana. And every time it goes to like the fifth um the fifth district court of appeals or something like that, it always gets overturned and it begin work again. Sometimes they even work during the injunction. And, you know, um, with D.C. and Cordell on hard construction, and they never do. You know, and no law enforcement try to stop them from doing construction, doing injunctions. You know, and that was sad. But they was always arresting, you know, fellow um, protesters. You know, they, they protest like on the property or even off the property. You know, always laying them on jail for some kind of crazy charges and stuff like that. And like we've been paying like oh man, it probably be, like close to like a hundred thousand in fly and fines, you know. And it was luckily we had like different people from all over the United States. Uh yeah, you know, all matter of fact, even out of the United States, like UK and Australia and stuff like that, they went there and paid these fines for people that were protesting and like got put in jail. You know. We all we even had like like run ins with like police officers like, mishandling um, protesters that got arrested. Like, yeah, show footage of them slamming people down to the ground and stuff like that mm. and cursing people and all kind of stuff, you know, and, wow. you know, just doing things that they ain't supposed to do. Like, even, like, working off-duty, you know, for the um company, you know, for the for White Bridge companies and stuff like that, you know. Right. And, like, well, we show sure were tied to how, you know, Tiger Swine tried to infiltrate it Louisiana. Now, that's the only win we had was to keep Swine out of Louisiana. But the sad part is that, like, I'm up there trying to see other uh, sense of information back to the security examiners board because I start finding out through LinkedIn.com that uh we have like Swine people already working in Louisiana through GPS on uh, companies near Fort Polk, which is an army um is an area where army a uh, army base is located in Louisiana. That part of Louisiana have like um, tiger swine people working uh for different companies, technology companies, so they so they already like surveying us,
0: and what's the name of the company
1: the tiger swine like swine like the like the you know the birds like swine it's not like some kind of evil villain when look when you look at them, they're like they're like the bad guys off a of rainbow or something, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 it like, it's like 80s bad guy going on me or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. What's the big issue right now that you're really focusing on?
1: Well, there are two, but the body bridge pipeline, or uh, with the body bridge pipeline fight, uh, they just got like word five days ago that the uh, that we were trying to get like, a, well, there, there was a junction in place where we were trying to uh, make sure that the, we had told the judge about like how like the uh, company was stealing people land in St. Martinsville, and the sad thing about it was we lost the case. The uh, the government did eminent eminent on domain and seized the uh, property. Mm-hmm. They said that the uh, people that was taking them to court only had like zero point zero 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 five something share. So they say that this share out of 700 people that owned the property was uh one point, like $1.11 or something like that. And they say they just went there and, you know, took it, you know, took the, the property. They only fined the uh, ETP, like $450, I think $450 or $850, one or two. I think it was $450. They had fined them um, for trespassing. And that was it wow yeah it was was
0: crazy yeah so despite everybody's everybody's efforts and despite uh disclosing the the risks and the harms and um the Texas the energy trans energy transfer partners which is the company they were able to like get their way
1: yeah and and it's hard because like when they got the judges in their pocket the national resource department in pocket and when it got government in the pocket, that's a Democrat matter of fact, you know. And like you know, for a lot of people that vote, you know, Democrat, you know, it was it's hard that you know we finally got a Democrat uh, governor in Louisiana, and he's more Republican than the Republicans that was before him, <laughs> you know. And you mm-hmm. know, like that was corporate, corporate Republican. I ain't gonna lie to you had, like these yeah. two or three uh, Republicans actually they helped us in a pipeline fight, but you know still and all like we got you know, almost say like corporate republicans you know <laughs> they you know we got yeah, a, a democratic all dist-
0: uh, huh I said that's a good distinction <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, so so you know we got like a like I say we got like a democratic we got a democratic governor that acting like a corporate republican right now, you know, and yeah. he all uh, like even with like it even affects me, like, outside the environment, because, like, like, even with small business, I'm part of the Louisiana Economic Development uh, Program of the uh, Roundtable uh, uh, Small Business Network in Ascension Parish. I'm thinking about pulling it away because they're not even helping us look for grants. They're not even helping us build our organization, though. All we did, you know, all I did was pass the classes, and they don't have nothing to do with, or with us no more. Like, they don't really help us with anything. Unless you're trying to go to uh, Southeastern University and Enrolled into the contractor classes to work with the uh, industry. I think that you know they don't really help y'all. You, you know you don't have nothing that a business that has like any industrial ties to it. So um, you know I, I felt like it's not going to be beneficial to me to even have them on my business card next year or even to have association with them. So I'm gonna pull off from um, from starting in January and. Um, The crazy thing about it is, like, a lot of other uh, small businesses uh, don't get help from them unless they're industrial, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: so it's, you know, it it affects us all kind of ways with this, um, the pipeline fight.
0: It sounds hard. I mean, it sounds discouraging and just heartbreaking, you know, to to work on that and to be totally um, immersed in the consequences and to be... Right there in the front lines of where the impacts are too. So yep,
1: like even with all uh, like yeah. with education and tourism, like they even took a, a hit. Like especially in Louisiana, like tourism, like is the main source. The asset paid for like sewage and stuff like that, you know, through the taxes and everything. like right. you know, People spending during times of tourism and stuff, and like that even affected when you got like plane sticking up, you know, plane workers sticking up most of the uh, hotel room spots to where people can't like really be up in um Louisiana know, Louisiana be up in different spots in Louisiana to tour where you don't have like a place to like lay their head at and stuff like that. Then you have like, you know, the uh the the education in Louisiana it took a toll. You know, it got to the point now like when you when you almost finished school or do are you going through during school, you got science projects, you got like other events. And they're always a plant worker trying to motivate people to be like plant engineers and have careers in the plant rather than teaching right. people uh, how to be lawyers and doctors and stuff like that. They don't really have that support anymore. so they dominate the educational field to where like, people be like, "Well you all you got to do is go to school for like two years and then go to a training uh, you know two years and on in, uh, in high school, you ain't got to finish the four years, and then after that, you uh, you go through the training course that we got, and then y'all married, get a job with us at the plant. We know don't be a, a job that be permanent, and then, like, the kids normally don't have anything to fall back on, you know, when they, when they don't uh, want to work at a plant no more, or can't physically work in a plant no more due to, like, uh, respiratory issues. And the sad thing about it, what people don't understand is, like, with plant workers, once uh, you, you know, finish a uh shutdown project, you know, they don't have any, like, law on uh, workforce money to give to plant workers and farmers, you know, that's the sad thing about it. Like you know, they don't really have like oh, any unemployment on um, money to give to them.
0: Mhm. Right. So it's not really a prosperous path for, for everybody either, despite what the industry promises and the sort of short-term benefits that they, that they promise.
1: Mm-mm. Especially when you're a person mm-hmm. that, that working like outside the seat, That's that's another thing because you got to spend, like, when you're outside the state trying to work into uh, a state and uh, you're a plant worker, you got to pay for your own hotel room. We're going to run you like $300 a a week. And people don't really understand that. Like, you got to pay $300 a week to stay in the hotel. The workers are paying
0: their own own housing.
1: Yeah. Food and uh, on, like, uh, like, on, like, materials and stuff like that,
0: even tools and
1: stuff. Like, you pay for all that yourself.
0: Wow. Yeah, it sounds like a bad deal. But mm-hmm. um, so when you travel and you go connecting with other organizations around the country, or when you like go to a conference, you, you know, you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation that you know that you see yourself as kind of a networker. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that means to you?
1: It means it, it means a lot to me. Like I like I have got like a real appreciation, more appreciation for culture when you really be like sitting down trying to. Like, you know, attacking issues with them, you know, with different people, like all across the United States. Like it, it don't matter what state they in, somebody always got some kind of issue related to your issue. You know, for example, like I was in uh, a plastic conference they had in Pasadena, Texas, and they had a lady, she was talking about Formosa or how she was banning them since nineteen ninety one. I had did some research on um, Formosa cuz they were talking about coming to our um, state with a 9.4 um, on dollar plant. So, I told her I said we got the same common enemy. You if uh, she said she got notes. I said you okay. If you have your old notes. You give me your old notes. I got some new information I could give to you about Taiwan and the uh and about how Formosa had put like chemicals in the water to where like now Taiwan got a high elevated lung cancer rate in non smokers, which nobody really made the ties yet between Formosa and the high uh, rate of lung cancer that happened recently in uh, Taiwan, which they're trying to raise money for all different kind of different countries. They're trying to put in to help on their problem in Taiwan. And i gave give her the information for that, along with some other information on Formosa. So that's really important. Cause that that could mean you know we could really like get a one two punch to Formosa, and you know attacking them from all different ways, from pollution to like um, legal issues, all kind of stuff. So I do, I do that with a lot of um, fights, like even with Pennsylvania, like we had a common enemy in Energy Transfer Partners. Right. Any news thing that goes through there. They come bring it to, Louis- you know, they tell me about it, and, you know, I bring it to Louisiana. Anything I find out with the pipeline fight, anything new in Louisiana and how we fighting it, I bring up there to Pennsylvania. Like, recently, Pennsylvania had to fight a, a house bill that was trying to silence protesters. So I showed them how we had went there and tried to dumb down the bill to make it to where, you know, we don't get, like, arrested even for speaking out against the pipeline. So you know, we took the I took the information and brought it to uh, Pennsylvania, doing a uh, grassroots organizing conference. So like, um, uh, a lot of us, like I said, like a lot of us talk about like even issues outside of that, like with the workers' union and stuff like that. You know, some you know some people that protecting the water also protecting other agencies and trying to help them to make sure that you know people don't get messed over. And other ways, it's you know, besides environmental stuff, to make sure um people you know tourism not affected, people jobs not affected, with economic growth, all kind of stuff. So you know, a lot of us multitask. So we also like participate like in poor people campaign and so forth, and we are change information. Just like a lady was at um the grassroots organizing conference that was in Pennsylvania. She was part part of the poor people, poor people campaign in Ohio. She didn't know I was part of the poor people campaign in New Orleans, so I told her how me and my kid was in a rain demonstrating, trying to make sure teachers get higher pay in Louisiana, and they started looking at um medical costs in Louisiana because it's making it hard for even the middle class to have proper medical um, to have proper medical um, procedures on them, and we were trying to let people um be aware of that that now not only the lower class getting affected, but the middle class also getting affected too. And trying to get adequate medical uh, services in Louisiana. So, you know, we had changed information. Me, her, matter of fact, trying to plan on working together next year. And she's trying to see about flying me out there to Ohio to help out with the campaign, with the Post People campaign to take on some issues. And also with the, uh, with the environmental uh, fight they're having with the water issues out there too in Cincinnati.
0: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. As we start to wrap up, what do you feel is one of the most important lessons that you've learned? just throughout the years of your experience that that you would want to share with somebody that was just getting involved, that was just getting started with um with organizing.
1: No matter how powerful people is in the White House, no matter how powerful people is everywhere, God give people power. The p it always comes down to us. We always have the power. We the ones that give power to the president. We the ones that give power to government agencies and stuff like that. It's us, you know. Until we come together, you know what I'm saying? Like they gonna continue on doing minor things to keep us from having things, and then they gonna turn to a major problem. But we, but there have been fights that when people when we come together, we stop a lot of stuff, or we make sure that the government do their job, cause like even with the pipeline fight, we uh we won some battles. We got them now trying to build an exit route for St. Jam Parish. We also um made sure that no planes could enter into uh, St. Jam Parish in um uh, uh, after 2019. And then I got it's like a lot of other fights. I could go on and on, but it did been some wins that we had this year you know, with with not just environmental but just also other on uh, fights with like with saving facilities and stuff. But the all those fights run by the people. And as long as you got people power behind you and behind issues, all you know, we can always win. And that's the main thing people ought to understand that you know that people is the thing that wins fights. You gotta get people involved. Like not just organized grassroots organizers but, you know, organizations, but people in the community, you know, they they got a voice, you know, and they will support you. You know, I had won the Ascension Parish Icon Award this year, and I'm an environmentalist in a heavy industrial um, parish called Ascension Parish. Like, I'm, and and that's important because that let me know that people watching me, and I not even knew anything about the contest. And they're letting people know that you know they are tired of industry taking over their town and stuff. So they gotta they they gotta understand too that they're not just fighting for themselves, but they're fighting for others. And even if they don't look like they got supporters, they do have supporters.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They just are uh, mm-hmm. afraid of consequences, and some of them don't even know how to fight. So they're always gonna be inspired and looking on to you to see um what you gonna do and how they could get involved. Um. Uh, to put faith in you to see if you could win the battle for them, you know. So it's it's a lot of it's a lot of issues, but also to make sure I tell people to keep the faith. Like God, you know, God do not put a lot of people together for nothing. Like a lot of us organizers got together, and we are doing a lot in the United States, fighting all over. And I don't think it's for nothing. I think I really think it's a beautiful thing that going on right now, and, and these problems that really are. Really Uniting us as one and making some great connections and, and um making people, you know, have a real faith in the future and letting us know that we can stop a lot of things in the United States. Maybe it's gonna take time, but we're gonna win the fight.
0: My last question and maybe it's maybe it's an easy question, maybe it's not, but what's your why? Why do you why do you step up and take action?
1: I'm gonna tell you like this. It's cause uh one thing like I'm a strong Christian. So, like, you know, my, my, you know, like, one, like, I, I try to fight for the heavenly things. You know, things down here are going to perish. But what God wants us to do is God wants us to make sure that we make sure the souls are saved. And souls are not going to be saved if, if people don't have faith. I try to make sure people um grow their faith in God and stuff. And also, too, to make sure that they understand that, you know, the enemies ain't going to win. Enemies are not gonna win. You know, and God put visions in people to let people see that of how they could take down different uh major problems and stuff like that. So like, you know, motive the first motivation is God. The second motivation is love. Like you gotta love what you're doing. You know, you gotta, you know, cause this is a burden. Like this will be a burden, like like it's a real burden as far as scheduling like on the mind and everything else. And not really a burden as exhaustion because love is the motivating through all this stuff. And like people will look at my article and be like, man, Trevor, you're involved with a lot of stuff with law clinics and all this stuff. So when do you find time to enjoy life? I am enjoying life. I'm traveling. I'm meeting people. I'm I'm helping people out. I'm doing the things that I love. That's why it's not really a burden to me because it's out of love. And that's that's what motivates me. As long as I God and love, that, you know, that got me moving.
0: Thank you so much, Travis, for coming on the program today. And thank you for sharing your story with all of us here on the podcast. And um, what's what's one of the ways that somebody listening could get in touch with you or learn more about the campaigns that you're involved in?
1: Well, uh, to get involved with me and follow me with different things that I'm involved in, uh, all you got to do is get on Facebook, is on uh, Travis, on uh, Lamar London, my middle name is L-A-M-O-N. Um, Travis L A M O N, and Travis Lamont, London. You can contact me on Facebook like that. I'm on LinkedIn.com. I was on a 2016 top five um, on profile for librarian assistant and also for reference desk assistant. So I'm on there all, all the time, also. Now, for the Bay Bridge Pipeline fight, they got many uh, ways you can get connected. They got Ms. on Fortland. You can contact her through Facebook. You can contact the No Buy Bridge Pipeline, I think called No Um No You can contact the Louisiana um Bucket Brigade, 350 in New Orleans. Um the camp especially Camp Levy. Um I'm trying to campaign for some stuff with them right now, matter of fact. Uh, camp Levy, they ran by Miss on Sherry, uh, Sherry Falkland. They got a new organization that sprung out in St. James that also with the pipeline fight called Rise for uh, St. Jam. I mean, you call Rise on uh, St. Jam. Sorry, Rise St. Rise Jam. Um, they ran by Sharon uh, Levine. Uh, you can contact them also. All that located on Facebook, or you can just Google their name, and they will always have contact information to where you can get contact through your phone uh, or email. They are warming yeah. people. They will open up to you. They'll let you know everything
0: great and i'll put all the the links in the show notes too so anybody you know if you're listening you could just click on the episode to see the show notes or head over to halt harm.net slash podcast all the details will be there thank you so much travis yep. <laughs> it's really fantastic talking to you and thanks for coming on the program and thank you so much thank you for having
1: me it'd be real fun. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that wraps up my conversation with travis london I hope you enjoyed this episode and you can find all the links to things that we talked about in the show notes so just click on whatever you're using to listen to this podcast or visit halttheharm.net podcast to find all the show notes and all the episodes from the show